0: Blog Talk Radio <laughs>
1: And welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number two hundred and seventy-seven. Hi there. Hey everybody. Uh, welcome to the program. My name is Steve Sampietro, the aforementioned Sam Pete. Uh, it is great to have you with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh I'm gonna bring my co-host in a second. In to the conversation, Mr. Brian County Capino Caliente. But um just to tell you a little bit about uh, who we are, what we do, and why we're here. Um, this is a New York Sports Talk podcast. Our first show was actually December 9th, 2009. That's why this is episode number 277. However, we've only done like 20 in the last like two years or three years even. So um, we, did, we did a ton for the first six years. Uh, and then we've taken a little time off, but we decided uh, to give it a go tonight and just have some fun and do a little show. Uh, the basic idea here is – idea? I'll be all right. The basic idea – idea here is uh, we talk New York sports. We're two old friends, known each other since we're eight years old, played Little League together. We talk about it without the prerequisite douchebaggery that is usually involved with sports talk radio. Uh, it's a conversation. There's no right, there's no wrong – not politics or religion thank god no god uh, i mean wait there, there, there might be a god that's not what i'm saying see we're already off the rails um we also talk about whatever the hell else we want i'm not going to go into a long uh, diatribe uh, about uh what we do here we've done the show for a very long time pop culture seeps in every once in a while but basically we talk about the mets the yankees the uh the jets the, the, the giants the islanders the rangers we very rarely talk basketball that's the truth well, So, uh, like we used to say, it's no big deal, Uh, grab a cup of coffee, nice, maybe, you know, uh, we're both Italian gentlemen, or at least Cal is half Italian, he's also half Canadian, sorry, Um, and uh, it's no big deal, talk sports, you know, just put on a pot of coffee, nice. So, here we are, without further ado, let's bring in the co-host of the program, long flowing robes, splendid, the yin to my yang, the sally to my field, the sneeze guard, on my salad bar, Mr. Brian Calniva Caspino, caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. How are you, buddy? Good. Can you hear me? I can. You're a little low. A little low. A little let me low. see if I take your Uh-oh. yeah. Let me see if I take your intro music off, if that helps. How about that? All right. How about now? Yeah, that sounds fine. Yeah, it's gonna work, right? It's gonna work. It is. We we have done. I, uh, we've been on Blog Talk Radio since what the summer of two thousand ten, and I right. I think we've done seven shows where we didn't have a technical difficulty out of the two hundred and seventy seven.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say as part of your introduction to what we are, uh, who we are, and what we do, you probably should have included that.
1: Right. That there's there's always technical difficulties when we uh, when we do Blog Talk Radio, but there's there's not. You're here. Uh, you sound great. You could be a touch louder. That just may be me. I don't know how to fix, I don't know how to fix that. Uh, did you, why did you say it that way? Very weird.
0: I just don't know.
1: Right. You also should mute your FaceTime. Mute the FaceTime. Is your FaceTime muted? Right. We're no, looking at not. each other. We're using FaceTime. It's, this is riveting radio so far. Uh, and we I are really, grandfathers. It's been so long. Yeah, we are grandfathers of the podcast. Um, and we're showing it right now. We are. Yeah, we (laughs) We're literally acting acting like like grandfathers. Like two senior citizens.
0: Is this
1: this... holy cow. Are you using the FaceTime? How do you do this? How do you do the FaceTime? The you face.
0: I don't know. Okay, let's let's just you know, let's just bring it back. Can you hear me okay?
1: Is this gonna work? I I can. Sure. Yeah, I fear it might be a little low, but I that might just be in my headphones. How do I sound? Do I sound velvety? You sound great, well, as always. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Always. I, I, I'm not asking for too much. I just want a little pat on the back, just a yeah, little something. Yeah.
0: I, I know what you did. You put that up. You know you sound great, so you ask me how you sound, so I can say that yep. you sound great, and then that's and right. then you have your, your pat on the back.
1: Yeah, that's called digging. That's called. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's not Eunice at all.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's exactly what. It is. I'm Canadian. You're French. I can that. You're French Canadian, right? You can do that. Uh, a quarter,
0: not not a half, a quarter.
1: So you're half Italian, a quarter French Canadian, and then the other part is what? Slav?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Irish. Irish. It is Irish. Boy, what an odd combo. I
0: grew up on Long Island, so chances are I'm Italian and Irish.
1: Yeah, that's right. You have a very good shot, or Jewish. So, or Jewish, right. Right. If you're not Jewish, you have an excellent shot at being Italian or Irish. Right.
0: Happy Hanukkah, by the way, to everybody. Happy it's the Hanukkah. Seventh night of Hanukkah.
1: Yeah. Happy Hanukkah to, yeah, those to those celebrating. To those who light the lamp, but not the hockey. <laughs> that's like a hockey no. them. Different, right, much different type of lamp. How and the it is A little bit different, also. The history is a touch, bit it's a touch different. That's why they call it lighting the lamp in hockey. They were out of oil, and <laughs> Toe Blake scored a goal. Wayne Gretzky
0: scored a goal, right?
1: <laughs> and, and Eddie Shore scored a goal, and which is saying something because he was a goalie. And, um, no, was Eddie Shore a goalie? I feel like he was. No, maybe not.
0: Eddie Sure. no, he was not.
1: But he not. yeah, he
0: scored a goal and it left and the light stayed on for eight
1: nights. <laughs> right, the red light behind the goal state stayed on for eight nights. Is it a bad thing when you're a goalie and your nickname is Red Light?
0: Yeah.
1: That's bad. That's right? not
0: that's not a positive uh
1: Who was it, Red Light Messina?
0: What was that his name? I forget who it
1: was. For the Rangers, Eddie Red Light Messina? Oh
0: Sal, yeah, Sal Red Light Messina. Sal Red
1: Light Messina, yeah.
0: That's a bad right, thing when your nickname is Red
1: Light. Right. My other yeah. favorite one was um, he let up so many goals he had a sunburn on the back of his neck. <laughs> the red light going off. Um, it is great to be back, buddy. How have you been?
0: Good. good, good. I. When was the last time that we spoke in this type of situation?
1: Uh, I want to say, so I'm going to because I'm allowed. Uh, I want to say, you know, like July maybe? I maybe even earlier than that. It's been a while. Well, please do that properly. We've earned it. Go ahead. <laughs> it's been a while since we did a yeah. podcast. Um, there you go. So
0: yeah, um, since the last time we've done this, it, it's it's been a it's been a long time. A lot has happened. Everything is good on it's on been. my end. It's been very quiet over here. Very much status quo going on over over on Long Island, but uh, down over in in the New Hope, you've had a couple things going on, haven't you?
1: Things have been busy. Yeah, things have been uh, pretty crazy. Just finished up a a run of a play at the Bucks County Playhouse, my first time uh, back on stage in 10 years, which was uh, fantastic. Uh, I Hate Hamlet, a bunch of Broadway, literally Broadway actors, a Broadway director, and me. (laughs) Good job, everybody. Um, it was great. It was, uh, it was a wonderful experience with fantastic actors and, um, it was, it was great to be, and you came, uh, you and your wife uh, came to the show, which was amazing. Took the drive from Long Island. Um, and, uh, that was a, a wonderful thing. It meant a ton to me uh, that you guys did that. And, um, I, I was not booed off the stage that day. So that was good. You know, the tomatoes <laughs> and stuff, it helps. It's a rare thing for, um, uh, an actor to be an athlete. Uh, there, there are a number of good. Like Kurt, you're Kurt Russell, um, right? You know, Wild uh, an excellent you know. athlete. You're Lyle Sado. You're Rick Fox. Um, but, but you're Reggie Theus. <laughs> Reg, <laughs> Reggie Jackson. You're Reggie Jackson. I must kill the queen. Um, but it's it helping. That's, when
0: that's you're, not that's not the type that we're talking about though, right?
1: No. not those guys. But it helps it helps um when you're able to like catch the tomatoes that people are throwing at you and throw them right. back in a hurry. Um no, it was great. Mm-hmm. It was it was a wonderful experience. Thank you, buddy. Um uh, I was on TV a couple times since we uh, last spoke. So that's good. So yeah, you things were? are picking up. Things are picking up. As a cop, not surprised we can yeah. as a cop again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I I I love that All you guys now have like uh, children that make jokes about this. (laughs) That's the best. Yeah. Like your daughter, what did your older daughter say? What kind of cop is he playing or something like that?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my 15 year old (laughs) sarcastic daughter wanted to know. I said, We're going to see Steve in a show. Is he a cop? No, (laughs) it's not a cop. Is it about a cop? It's not about a cop. (laughs) I said, But. I can tell you this, this part you don't know. I can tell you this. The guy that he plays in the show with, was a cop? No, he wasn't a cop, but he was in Newsies.
1: Right. Because
0: she because she know because she knows Newsies. They dance to a lot of stuff from Newsies.
1: Oh, okay. Did that carry a little yeah, weight so then? I thought,
0: I thought perhaps she could she could relate to that. Right. Didn't mean a thing to her. But right, also great. didn't miss the opportunity to make yet
1: a third joke about it. A third cop joke. Well, things are funnier in threes. Yeah, it's the rule she's of three. Fair. At least she's at least she's adhering to the rule of three. And that's good comedy. Hey, listen, she may be making fun of me, but that's good comedy. And I never turn my back on the on the bedrock <laughs> <laughs> when somebody is executing the bedrock fundamentals of comedy. I applaud it. Yeah, if to it's a, I guess. Yeah, even if it's a smug fifteen-year-old, uh, it's good. Is she fifteen? It was better than everybody. Fifteen, yeah. Fifteen, yeah. Um, that's and that's okay. Our buddy Dr. E Ray Stat, uh, who was on this program originally on December ninth, two thousand and nine, um, uh, his son uh, said the same thing. Oh, is he a cop again? <laughs> he's he's ten. Good job, everybody. <laughs> everybody really having a party. Really having a good time. Oh, hey, fun. listen,
0: we're having a lot of fun with it.
1: That we are, uh, and you know what? I'll take it.
0: You know why we're having fun with it, because we are proud of you. Steve. Yes. You're doing a great job. Thank and you, buddy. We we, uh, we get a kick. It's out fun. Of it,
1: so I still have my hair. That's the main that's the main attraction. <laughs> still. You
0: are the main attraction. I see what you're doing there. That's good. See what I did? <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. You should you should uh, write we... for the post. I should write for the post. <laughs> the Mulaney bit is the best. Tot, <laughs> angel, right? Um, if we're, and we're we're talking oh, about yeah. a John Mulaney bit about the New York Post. You should go check it out if you've never seen it. Okay, uh, let's get to the A block, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Let's we do shall we unload? Um, In a long
0: I think time. Let's do do it. Do this, That's
1: your hard fifteen. Hard fifteen. Okay, so we called a hard fifteen. That means that we have fifteen seconds to get into talking actual sports. Okay. Um, and that's a hard fifteen. That's not a soft one. That doesn't mean we can go twenty seconds up, oh, and we're at it. Uh, let's go to the A block. Cal, uh, what I wrote here was "Welcome back, Cotters," because uh, and so that's a timely reference. Good job there. Um, and then right. uh, because uh, we need to reset the table uh, because it's it's been so long and so much has gone on with these teams. It is bananas. It is one hundred percent insane. Um, so I wanted to run down each of them um, since we so I, actually I think our last show was was uh, in 2011. It, it feels like it's been that long. So I wanted to run down each team, but I wanted to ask you how you wanted to do that. Do you want to go in season and then Okay,
0: we can do it that way.
1: I did not see that coming.
0: You asked, right? Yeah. Well, no. You want, if you that's want my that's opinion, how we're doing I think it. That's the best way to do it.
1: That's how we're doing it. So, let's see. Let's see. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> that would be uh, let's 50 see. 50, 50, 50, we're not going to talk 50, about 50, the devils, 50. right? We're not going to talk about the devils. No,
0: I don't think no 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 jersey teams. I don't think.
1: Right. No other basketball. Than the Jets and Giants.
0: No basketball.
1: Right. We're setting ground rules, is it setting
0: ground rules? I think it's it's Mets, Jets, Islanders. Giants, Rangers, maybe,
1: and Mets. Wait, it's Jets. Oh, Yankees too. About and that. Yankees, right? Jets would be first, right? Alphabetically. This is this is way harder than I expected. Let's just do it. Very very uh, complicated.
0: <laughs> let's start with baseball. Let's do it that way. Let's go baseball, football, hockey.
1: Yeah, and I just want to check in. So, when we left left the Mets, yeah things Previously were a lot RTU. different. Previously on RTU. Yeah, exactly. On a very special Moesha. Um, another timely, timely reference. We are really... You. you brought it yeah. a
0: little closer, though. Moesha's... Yeah, at least I got into
1: in. the 90s. <laughs> Moesha's like 41 years old now, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. She's a grandmother, She's a grandmother. Steve. Um, so let's start with the Mets, okay? And 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 all I want to do here is just just check in. So things went radically wrong since we last did a show. I mean, like disastrously wrong um, uh, on their their regular season. So our last show was July or was June 28th, June 28th of 2018. Yeah, so the Mets were in the the middle mm. of a terrible terrible month. They basically went right. what, 15 and 15 and like 36 or something like that. They were, in, I think
0: they were I think they were 5 and 16 in June.
1: 5 and 16 in June, but May was or was it July that was terrible or May was terrible as well. May and June were the bad months, but June was right. the worst. I but I think they were I think they were 10 and... I mean, I think they were 15 and 36 in those two months. It's possible because they started, what, 11 and 1? 11 and 1.
0: And yeah. they, they, at so some point, they were two. like
1: 21 games under 500 for those two months. But anyway, yeah. um, the, the general manager had to step down because of health issues. And I think the, the key thing... The, there's two things I want to hit on real quick with the Mets. Alderson stepping down and stepping away was huge. Kept them from having to fire him. Right? And I don't think it's talked about enough, Cal. He did a sort of noble thing. Now, I know he's sick, and and, and hopefully he's taking care of himself and, and getting treatment and stuff like that uh, for his cancer. But he did... He said, I don't deserve to be back. And I think that gets underwritten a little bit. I don't want to deify... Sandy Alderson by any means. Uh, but he, he stepped down and he made it really easy on them. He really did.
0: He did. They needed a scapegoat and he made himself a perfect one. That's his right. Contract was, his contract was going to be up and he was ill and it was, it was kind of he, it, no skin off of his nose to do that because he had taken them to the World Series. Came here and he did yes. what he was supposed to do. He, he brought credibility somewhat as much as you can back to the Mets, right? Right. After the Madoff nonsense in the early aughts. And then he took them, he, he built them back up and got them to a world series. His plan did work what he, his rebuilding plan worked. And then, you know, through circumstances and, and poor decisions, their window closed very quickly. So, you know, he sort of, his legacy was sort of safe here. So while it was noble, I agree. It was yeah. somewhat noble of him to do what he did. It wasn't really that he wasn't sticking his neck out that much.
1: I don't know for sure. And I think he had to do it. I, I mean, I think physically he had to do oh, it, yeah. but I'm talking yeah. just more about the admission. Like they, it was to me, it read as even if they would have me back, I don't deserve to be back. I've run my right. course. The team needs new leadership. They need a new vision. They need a new plan. And that's a big admittance for that guy to me. So they went way outside the box and and hired Brody Van Wagenen, um, which, you know, I'll, I'll, obviously a lot of this is old news, but we're just touching on it because things have changed dramatically with the hiring of a former agent, a former CAA uh, uh, head of baseball, uh, Brody Van Wagenen, um, it, what just really quickly, we're going to talk about the Mets and C block. Uh, I mean, in the B block, we're going to go a little bit more in depth on the Mets, but that's what's changed. They have a new guy in charge who is literally a complete 180 from Sandy Alderson. Complete. Like, he's, he's out in front of the media, he's talking to everybody that listens, he's, he's on Twitter, he's like socially sad, he's 44 years old, he's our age. He's he's a complete departure. He's never run a baseball team before. Sandy Olsen was an old guard baseball guy. Uh, he's never, you know, he's he, he's just the complete opposite of Sandy Olsen, like one hundred percent.
0: Yes, he is. Guys, I want to go back a couple a couple of steps because you it is a complete difference. But from from June, so if we're sort of using that June, what was it? June twenty eighth. It was the last show that we did. Yeah. Right. So if we're using June twenty eighth as sort of like your your benchmark from June twenty eighth until now. Nothing changed from June twenty eighth until like October twenty eighth. Right? So that whole stretch, nothing changed. In fact, nothing changed so much that we just assumed it was all going to stay the same. And then they made this higher that came out of nowhere.
1: Right. That's the key point and, right.
0: and one and once that happened, which would have been the beginning of November, now you're looking at like the last five weeks, and things have changed just in the last five weeks, one hundred and eighty degrees and yeah. that's what's really remarkable is that I never expected the Mets to own it's it's as if they have turned on a dime, their entire philosophy of running this organization has sort of just has sort of just changed like. Out of the blue, which is crazy.
1: Well, we thought even when they got to the finalists for the GM spot that Van Wagenen was the outside-the-box hire or the, you know, the outside-the-box right. interview. They, they were basically checking their boxes while they were going to hire uh, Doug Melvin and, or Bob Melvin. Right. Doug Melvin. Doug Melvin, sorry. And, and he was the old-school baseball guy. There was no doubt they yep. were going to hire him. They had the kid from Tampa, yep. you know, Tampa Bay, who was going to be the, you know, the um, uh High and bloom, uh, who was going to be the, uh, 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 you know, the analytics guy. So he was like the cutting edge guy. And they were interviewing him and they were interviewing Brody Van Wagenen, who was the outside the box. They would never. And it was all just so they could give Doug Melvin the job. And then all of a right, sudden because that
0: was because Doug Melvin was the safe move. And that's right. what they do. They make the safe move. That's what 7 yeah. years of Sandy Alderson was. It was safe, it was methodical, it was That's conservative. Right. And right now, what the moves that they're making or 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 at least how they're presenting themselves, nothing safe about it. They're taking a risk, they're being bold, they're being aggressive. Yeah. And it's a complete change from what they've done in the past.
1: Yeah. yeah. So and I, I think you, say, you go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, no, I would say, and, and I, I want to get your opinion on this too. My, my feeling is because everything that they've been doing for the last month or so has been so different, I think they have bought a little bit of let's see what's next that they didn't have in the past. You yeah. can be cynical of them. You can totally be cynical. You should be. You should be. Op- you should be. If, right, because the way that they've operated for the last 20 years they they could they could any second they could go back to that, right?
1: Yeah, they ha- they have not earned any sort of leeway in terms of believing that they have turned any sort of corner.
0: No, but have they but have they earned any sort of leeway in let's well let's see what, what's next.
1: No, no, one hundred percent. Well
0: that's my point.
1: Yeah, but they but, point. but you also but but you should be skeptical until you see it actually happen. Oh but but the, but this hire tells a lot about that. And then the other thing Cal is you know you, you you made this analogy and it's just playing out so perfectly. And I hate to use a Seinfeld reference cuz they're dated, but the but the Costanza with Tony with Dan Cortese. Uh, you go now so. you're
0: going backwards for motion.
1: Right, the the mimbo. I think it's actually at the same time. Um but the mimbo episode of Seinfeld with with Dan Cortez uh, Dan Cortez uh, playing Tony, and and the way that George Cassandra is like so enamored of <laughs> of him, yeah. and I think that's the relationship right now between Jeff and, and Brody Van Wagenen. I really do. Where like George is like I made these delicious sandwiches, you know. Like Jeff Wilpon's like, but but Brody, <laughs> I may you ever go bowling? Bowling is nuts, you know. Like he's just. He just wants to hang out with Brody Van Wagenen, like that picture of them all out at dinner. And Omar's there, too. Like, Omar's kind of like, all right, I'm back with the cool kids. Nice. <laughs> Cal, we, the other thing we said, and then I want to move on to the Yankees, because we're I want to bounce around. Yeah. But the other thing, because we're going to get back to the Mets. The other thing I said, though, that's remarkable is that Omar is finally one, I got to stop saying 100%, but he's completely in the right position, finally, finally Omar Minaya is in like the, the perfect spot for him where like oh, yeah. he's basically building the team, but he doesn't have to talk to the media or like do any of the GM stuff. He doesn't have to glad hand at the winter meetings. He doesn't have to, you know, try to pretend that he's listening to other GMs when he's not. And he's just thinking about, you know, when he can get down to San Pedro de Macorís to see a shortstop play. Like he just, you know, or or when he can get out to you know get, get out to 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 you know Brooklyn and watch a kid play. He's a scout. Like he finally is in the perfect spot, and they trust him.
0: The Wilpons oh, yeah.
1: trust him implicitly. So it's like the yep. perfect situation for, and the, and it's a situation I love having Omar in. I love him there. I love it. Well, it's
0: funny because it, because think about when they brought him back. They brought him back. At the big last two thousand
1: seventeen, I think right.
0: No, right, not the 18th, I think it was 17th. later than that. Was it just this year?
1: I think he's not even back for a year because Van Wagenen was saying that with Francesa that like Omar no, had no, the no. year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he came back. At, he came back at the end of seventeen. So he was only at the end back of seventeen. For the I first... feel
1: like October, November seventeen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right because he was at when we go to the. Um, in the in the off season, when Sandy Alderson used to meet with the
1: season ticket holders, right? Omar was there at that point. Dude, do you think Van Wagonen's going to like have the whole stadium there? Like Sandy Alderson no used to do the do. he used to do the Q and A for like the, season, the full season ticket holders only, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Van Wagonen might have like fifty thousand people, just like, and it'll be like a WWE people, event.
0: People will be skyping in. Yeah, It'd, it'll be geez, it'll be, be on pay per view.
1: Right. He'll be he'll like live but tweet the, it.
0: But just going back real quick to to when Omar came back, the outrage over Omar being oh, back I know. and I know. the Mets are a joke. How could you bring right. him back? And he's going to be the next general manager. You wouldn't bring him back if he wasn't. And now right. a year later, nobody's even thinking about that. And furthermore, you are glad that he's back because he, the Wilpons listen to him and he has influence over them. Yes. And they clearly and he are got, listening to Bertie
1: Van Wagenen. And he got them to spend money. Previously he had, yes. Yeah. The last time the Wilpons spent a lot of money, Omar was running the show. He talked him into yeah. Pedro. Right. He talked him into Beltran. He talked him into go getting Delgado. Right. He talked him into, you know, all those big contracts.
0: Which, when you think about it, now, again, let's, let's, let's slow down a little bit
1: because yeah, they haven't really the
0: spent the money yet,
1: right? No, no. And they're not going to, Cal. They're not going to sign Harper and they're not going to sign Machado. They're not.
0: No, no, no. no. But I think they're going to spend money to improve the team. But what, yeah. my point was, what this is showing is that what we suspected all along, match for the Wilpons and Sandy Alderson. Sandy Alderson didn't want to spend money. And the yeah. will didn't ask him to spend money. The yep. other way around. The will didn't want to spend money. Sandy didn't ask him to spend money.
1: that's right, <laughs> strike that, reverse it
0: right, <laughs> strike that reverse it yeah so and so for seven years, they operated the same way, and like the will like, pun he's not asking if he's not asking for the money, we're not going to give it to him, and it was fine right. for him right right so it's, it's everything is just everything has just changed
1: and and it's, it's yeah it's going it, to be interesting. and the winter the winter meetings start tomorrow, right.
0: They start tomorrow. I hate to use the word invigorating. It's such a silly word. As it's not a baseball silly word fan. Okay. As a baseball fan it feels it feels silly. Like who how who am I to be invigorated
1: by what the Mets are doing? What's wrong I, with so that? It's a
0: weird word. I don't know, it's a weird word for me. But I am Objection. And Objection,
1: deep. Your Honor. Objection. I'm nah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, I'm allowing I'm you to – I'll allow it, but watch yourself, Calvi.
0: I'm not going to – you can have it. I'm going to use the word peaked. I am absolutely peaked. Like, hmm.
1: Peaked? Like, so you're not going to use invigorated for baseball, but you're going to use peaked. P-I-Q. Yep. <laughs> you're going to use right. peaked with the Q. That's not – that's a baseball word. Peaked. That's what we're doing. It's
0: much more appropriate.
1: Much listen, effective. Ken Burns. Listen, just, just. <laughs> I go back to invigorated. I want invigorated. I signed for it.
0: All right, I got a lot more to say on this later on in the C block. Yeah, so I like bounce the, around
1: a little bit. I like the judge that calls you by your last name. I like I like the judge that doesn't say counselor, but he calls the attorneys by their last name. Like it's a like it's a, like he's a manager. I'll allow it, Calvi, but watch yourself. That's, that's the judge I want I want the judge who treats it like he's a manager
0: I feel like the judge has to be so exasperated to use your name at that point like at that point if you have just driven him to the point of like oh,
1: Jesus San Pietro All right,
0: I'll whatever you allow
1: want. it Calvi but God let's move on you are badgering or you get the judge that's like that's a good objection Calvi I'll allow it good job by you that's a good objection right there Good objection. Solid objection. I'll, I'll just sustained. I want to hear what he has to say. Good job, Cal. Like that guy. I think he might be showing but, a little <laughs> he's supposed to be not prejudiced in any sort of way. I think that's a little prejudicial prejudicial. Prejudicial. It's impossible to say prejudice oh. without sounding drunk. The prejudicial the prejudicial system. Oh, that's drunk or is that Bill Cosby? That's an old Dana Carvey bit. There's an old Dana Carvey bit about he was talking about the O.J. trial. Tells you how old it is. And he's talking he's, he's about you're right on fright, with our record. Right, I got my finger on the pulse. <laughs> and he does a bit about how it's impossible to say the judicial system without sounding drunk. But it sort of falls down into a Cosby. The judicial yeah. system. And it's not me, Your Honor. It's the judicial system. I'm not drinking. It's the judicial system. Um, So let's go to the Yankees because uh, 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 real quick with the Yankees, fascinating year by that team. 100-win team, hated. Nobody – they loved them in the beginning of the season. By the end of the season, Yankee fans, like, were so over that team. And I don't know what happened.
0: They didn't
1: win. That's what happened. That's why people no, turned on. No, but but they were a likable team. The first three months of the season, everybody loved them. You you, you know, Doctor Ray Stat, you know Dan, like Doctor Dan. They were all like so in on this team. It's the old days. It's ninety six all over again. And then right. somewhere in, down the line, they stopped. Was it Sanchez? I feel like Sanchez and Stanton poisoned that team for them.
0: I think it was Sanchez. I think it was Stanton. And I think it was Glaber Torres. Because if you notice, at the end of the year, Glaber Torres mm. was not the Glaber Torres of the beginning of the season.
1: He would start. Wait, no. wait, wait. How, could, how could that be? His plaque's already in the Hall of Fame. So I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Well, I, I feel like when they put his and Sanchez's plaque in the Hall of Fame, they
1: figured that was good. <laughs> That's it. We're in, that?
0: we're in the Hall of Fame. What do we have to do anymore?
1: I mean, having it out there in the Monument Valley, there, I think, was a little premature.
0: Well, when they called it Torres Stadium, I thought that was a little, <laughs> little
1: much. They changed
0: the name of the stadium.
1: The house that Torres built, I thought that was a little. <laughs> that might have been. true. No, they turned on that team, and I think it is. I think it's Sanchez. I think he's a big part of it because he's just. I don't know. I have... He's just kind of lazy. And I know that's an easy narrative, but not running out that ball, and then Clemmy was injured, and they had to put him on the shelf for two weeks, and I don't know, they somehow became unlikable in there, a little bit. Well,
0: well, to us, of course. To Yankee fans, i I've had a lot of Yankee fans that were still defending Sanchez throughout okay. the year. Okay. You know? I think, I think it's more Stanton that they really turned on, which... You could see that coming the day that he signed with them.
1: No, it was because right down was Fifth Avenue. Ab- yeah.
0: That was absolutely...
1: Well, they it traded for him. Never-
0: well, well, when they traded, we are... I'm at the press conference when... when the first Oh, God. His, gotcha he gotcha.
1: spoke I'm just saying... It, it, the, it, it, yeah, but... It was a trade, right. No, but it, it just reminded me... Giambi was a signing. Stanton was a trade. Right. But it's the same idea. Like, they had all these homegrown kids... The team in 2017 yeah. was so likable. They got to the seventh yeah. game of the NLC or ALCS so fast, and yep. everybody loved that team. Loved that team. And yep. Stanton feels like Giambi to me. He does.
0: It, it's a good call because that was exactly what happened with Giambi. They had gotten to the World Series, and then they signed Giambi right after that. They were on yeah. their run. They had lost to Arizona, and they signed Giambi. For me, and I really hope – I have to go back and see. I don't know if we did a show when they signed, when they traded for Stanton. And I'm hoping that we did, and I'm hoping that I said what I'm going to say right now. Yeah. Because I saw, <laughs> cause otherwise I have no credibility.
1: We can fix it but, in post.
0: Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, we could make it sound
1: like I did. Yeah, we, we, we can, can just go back.
0: It. Right, right. That's right. At the, t- at the time that they traded him and in the press conference cross- As kind of aloof. Yeah. He was fine. He was fine. He wasn't a jerk, and he he wasn't kind. He just there was a his personality was a little bit different. And the only thing I could think of, the only thing I could think of, was that he is not Aaron Judge, and he's coming into this team, and he will never be Aaron Judge, and unless he hits like crazy. They're always gonna look well, you're not Judge. Yeah. You don't have the he didn't have the personality that Aaron Judge had. Everybody loves And
1: Judge, Judge. that's right. And rightfully so. He's a great player with a great personality who's a team oh, leader and,
0: Absolutely. You yep. know
1: he's he was very he's, and much he's like Arod
0: here. coming in it was much like Arod coming on to Jeter's team. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's a great call. That's an excellent analogy. Can we put a pin in something too and, in press conferences? And then just, just remember press conferences. Go ahead. Finish your point.
0: Okay. Um, and it just, I just felt like it was – and I, had, I said this to my buddy at the time. I said, I just – you know, you got to be careful. He's got to – he has got to perform or else people may turn on him.
1: Yeah. He's not judge. He's got to navigate you know? it perfectly, and he didn't.
0: He didn't, and he didn't, and, and you know, to his credit, he didn't. He didn't like lash back. Or, no. I mean, no. people. People hate. He struck out five times on opening day, and people booed him out of the stadium. <laughs> I, I know. But he didn't. But he didn't like lash back at the fans or or get defensive like Bobby Bonilla back in the day. Another
1: right. The earplugs, right. Right. right,
0: some you know the the fans got on him and he turned back on the fans and once you do that then you're you're done forever.
1: Then you're and Stan done. didn't yep, do yep, that.
0: Yep. Yeah, Stan didn't do that, but he had a terrible at that in that last playoff game. So he bookended his season with the first game of the season he struck out five, well, four or five times. I forget was it four times or five times? I think it was think he four. Times.
1: It might have four. been four. Yeah. The golden like sombrero the, plus an extra bonus sombrero.
0: Game of, is that the platinum sombrero?
1: I think it's the platinum. What do you get somebody for five strikeouts? I never know. I don't know. <laughs> Four strikeouts, you obviously get them a golden sombrero. I don't know. Five strikeouts, maybe it's the paper sombrero. I don't know. I don't know what anniversary that is. I, I, I don't know, but
0: but my, you fill it with nachos at that point, the sombrero.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> you give them the golden sombrero, and then you give them chips. But That's I right. think no, he was. Damn I, I believe. I believe. I believe he was the. He was the main reason why the team, why the Yankees had a problem with the team
1: late in the season, and yeah. I think
0: Torres was part of it too.
1: they they just they, it's really hard when you're that likable of a team that they were in seventeen, in two thousand seventeen, and you're the Yankees, like you're the Yankees, like people hate you. They're, they're, people are always gonna hate the Yankees, and people didn't hate that team. It was like 96 again. Like, people liked that 96 team. Like, Jeter was a rookie. In 2017. In 2017. And then I'm saying they came back in 18, and they added pieces, and it just wasn't the same feel.
0: Pieces that they added, because they added pieces that – the reason why, why do people hate the Yankees? Because they go out and they add the National League MVP to a playoff team. Right. That's why people hate the Yankees. And that's why they, stop they get him for free. to the outside.
1: Right. And they get him for free. Like they literally get him for free and their ex captain legendary guy is the owner of the team that gives him away for free.
0: Because the way that they built that 2017 team in the years leading up to it, they had their, their 18 month rebuild, which, you know, fastest yep. rebuild
1: in the history of baseball. <laughs> I know,
0: Of course.
1: But they rebuilt.
0: And, but the, the team's and the on like nine-year
1: re- rebuilds. They rebuilt in like eight minutes.
0: <laughs> the Mariners haven't been in the playoffs in twenty years,
1: right? Yeah, they've rebuilt three times. They haven't made it to They've the rebuilt four times in that in that period. The Yankees rebuilt in eighteen <laughs> months. The, the the Yankees traded. Just think about this. They traded Aroldis Chapman for Gliver Torres, and then got him back. <laughs> Like, the, the Cubs were so desperate for a World Series. They gave up, you know, this ridiculous prospect for a two-month rental of a reliever. Now, they got their World Series. And then right. he went back to the Yankees.
0: Right. It's like they
1: just like, gave That's a the Yankees. The that's how the Yankees rebuild. They trade you a closer. Right. A closer. Not even a starter. A closer who had never pitched in the World Series. He pitched in the playoffs, and he wasn't great for the Reds. And they gave up a closer, got the best prospect in baseball, and then got the closer back two months later because they paid more than anybody else. That's how the Yankees rebuilt. But anyway. But
0: my point is they sort of rebuilt organ- – like most of the players on that team in 2017 homegrown. They were, were homegrown, were, were, were homegrown. Right. They were which homegrown is why people again. were into them.
1: They had a new core four. They were homegrown. It was Sanchez and, and Judge, out- all right? And, and, and uh, you know, Severino, they were homegrown. Bird, all right? Bird's going to hit 35 home runs this year. I'm still – I feel like he hasn't hit 35. Did he hit 35 this year? No. No, no. no. They benched him. I know. They got Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt? They went Voigt? Get- yeah. yeah. What's your name, Boyd. Luke Voigt? John Voigt. <laughs> so, I wanted to put the pin in press conferences. Yeah. Because this this takes us to the Jets and the Giants. Mm-hmm. When did when did press conferences become this important? Like, we we've alluded to over the years on this show so many press conferences being important moments. Like, Yes. A player's a player's intro, a general manager's press conference. Brody, like we now analyze the opening press conference for these guys, like this is a pruder film. Speaking of topical. Right. This is a Prudah film is evergreen. I'm sorry, it is. It's evergreen. Well, I
0: guess it would, depend, it would depend on the reference that you're using. Are you using the reference of the actual Zapruder film from when Kennedy was shot, or are you using the reference of the Zapruder film from the
1: movie about JFK, which was a little more recent? That, right, that's a little that. better. Back yeah. and to the left. So if I'm, ref- if, if I'm referencing the movie, then I'm doing a Jim Garrison, Kevin Costner thing, right. Right. where I'm doing the back and to the left. You know, there's only one person I imitate from that movie. There's only one person, John Candy, as, as that guy. <laughs> Are you out of your mind, daddy-o? He's so good in that movie. <laughs> and do you know, that was like his, he was most proud of that part. Really? Yeah, because like Oliver So because he played like a real character, like Oliver Stone, like trusted him to like play a guy and not be funny and not, and like play a real guy, and he was unbelievably proud of that part because he did that. His daughter, oh, wow. his daughter told that story, uh, and I think Conan yeah. actually was telling that story on. Um, did you listen to Conan on Comedy Bang Bang? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, he told a great yeah. story about John Candy. Yeah, <laughs> <Isn't>
1: <laughs> great him <laughs> driving around Massachusetts, around up. Boston, and he's supposed to keep him on his what diet.
0: And he went, well, you're supposed to get him a certain type of donut, right? Right, right.
1: Or he, he couldn't eat the donuts or whatever. Like, he's supposed to be like on, like, a diet. And John Candy's right, like, yeah, I'll take all right. of them. Yeah. But he walked into, like, the donut you shop. He's like, I'll anyone. take all of them. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. So great. <laughs> um, but anyway, the press conferences, why have they become so big? I don't know. It's Gee. weird. John Itzik, right? Former general manager of the Jets. Literally run out of town because of a press conference. Like that press conference is pointed to all that. Now his drafts weren't great either, but that press conference is pointed to all the time, all the time. We analyze press conferences. Now, maybe it's, is it just in New York? That's one thing I want to ask. Is it just in New York? I don't know. I mean, press conferences are much, a much bigger deal
0: now than they ever were. I mean, we watch those huge after every game, there's a press conference. I don't remember that now. Right. Growing up, did they not have press conferences yeah. after every game? No,
1: because what they did. So there's so much more media now, Cal. What they did was the manager would talk in his office, right at his desk. So the writers would go to the the writers would go to the manager's office. He'd give them a few quotes, and and that would be that. Don't it either? No, it wasn't. No, it was televised. No, the newspaper no, guys right. would come in there. They would get a few quotes from him after they talked to the players.
0: Right,
1: you know, but it wasn't like a thing. Like here, here comes Mickey Callaway to talk about today's game.
0: That's baseball in football. They, they, football they had, had them for press a long time. Longer, right?
1: A very long time. The post-game yeah. press conference for a coach is is a theater thing for them. Totally right. The NFL figured out a long time ago that if you put a guy out there who's unbelievably raw from either winning or losing. It's great television. And so they make them go out there. The head coaches have to do that. Right. Right. It's right, mandatory. Right. Managers don't have to do that. But, but I'm even talking, so you're 100% right, the one after every game. And I'm talking about the intro press conferences. Like you just said, like you just referenced Stanton's well, press conference.
0: But there's always been, they've always
1: done that. I know, I feel like we analyze them way more now. Like the Islanders won with, the Islanders won with weight and snow at the end of the season. That's the reason supposedly they got fired. Yeah, well. Because Malkin wasn't going to do anything and they embarrassed themselves so badly at that press conference that he's like, I got to do something. Mm -hmm. Now he was talking to Lamarillo already, but that probably facilitated weight being out that probably facilitated right. Gar Snow being banished. Like, the, the press conference so, is a big – it got fired on his. Okay, so why does it facilitate
0: these coaches or general managers being banished?
1: I don't know. Is it because of Twitter? Is it because you can, like is – it, is it because of social media and every answer can be analyzed and ripped apart? Or I don't know.
0: I, I, I'll tell you why. It's your brand. They're representing your brand, and you are a right. business owner. And they're representing your brand. And if they are misrepresenting what you're trying to sell to your consumers, right? You got to make a change because that's how, that's how we look at it. That's how we look at these. We watch these parts. We're the ones that are telling them wait, wait, and snow were embarrassments. They embarrassed your organization. So we're the ones that are spending money on the team, right? We're buying tickets. We're buying merchandise. And if we think, that you should be embarrassed by that guy, they have to do something about it. Right. Because if they continue... We, because we've also seen, like the Mets, many times, they don't do anything about it, and they just let the person continue to embarrass them. Right. And people don't show up at the games.
1: But, like, you know, look at, like, Hallow- press conference. like, Halloway's press conference, where, you know, we're going to love the players more than they've ever been loved, and yeah. Boone's press conference. Yeah. like. These guys are doing these now. These introductory press conferences, and like we're 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 breaking them down like so much. Like Van Wagenen's, the first day of Van Wagenen's. Like we're grading his performance on a press conference. I think because we
0: take everything so seriously that that's your
1: first impression of the guy. Right. 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 No, for There's sure. There's
0: nothing else to go on at that point.
1: So that's why I just wonder.
0: Break it down so much.
1: Right. Was it always this way? It wasn't. I don't remember like looking no, it at wasn't. like. No, it wasn't. No, no. Jeff Torberg's press conference. Like, I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, we, we didn't analyze Art Howe's press conference when he got hired by the Mets. You know, like, you do it now because, like, it's carried everywhere. You can watch it online. Like, I get all that. You can access it. And
0: they're all more, they are, they are all way more visible than they were 20 years ago.
1: Right. Right. It's wild. It is wild because we're making a judgment on Brody Van Wagenen from his press conference. You know, well, yeah, we have nothing else to go on, right? You're making a judgment on Cano from the other day, not on him in particular, but on the deal because they had a very short press conference. And so, like, the press conference itself is being critiqued, you know. Or McCagnan will come out there and, 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 and crap all over himself in a press conference, and like, now you want him fired? Like Itzik, I mean, Itzik is the classic example of that press conference. Yeah. Like he he just crapped all over himself. Verbally, but in the pro- but in the
0: process, he embarrassed the entire organization.
1: In the process He's... or the process?
0: In the process.
1: Okay. In the process
0: it... of Garth Snow's press conference, <laughs> he embarrassed the organization.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you, well done. <laughs> but it's very subtle.
0: It's subtle, but there's a difference.
1: It's just a little thing, but you have to adhere right. to it.
0: But you know what I'm saying? Like Idzik is the thing. Yeah. In that press conference, Idzik is representing the New York Jets and Woody yeah. Johnson. And he yeah. went out there and he 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 fumbled. How did Jay Horowitz keep a job for 37 years? Uh, I, it's, it's
1: remarkable. If,
0: if we're talking about embarrassing performances, right?
1: I mean, we did we did a show after Idzik's press conference. And I'll never forget this. Like, there's a, there's, there's a bunch of seminal moments from the 277 shows that we've done to me. There's things I'll never forget like I remember 100%. One of them was mm-hmm. I didn't think the butt fumble was that big of a deal. I didn't. Like I right. did not think I, I remember very distinctly telling you like, Cal, what's the big deal? Like I can't believe that this is like a thing and you saying are you serious? We will see this forever. He ran into a man's ass and fumbled the ball. You said it at the time. I give you full marks and full credit.
0: Yeah, yeah, but the point was it wasn't a big it wasn't a big deal. But everybody was going to make it a big deal. Right,
1: right. No, but you, but you, I, I was completely blind to that. That you know, ten years later they would do ESPN specials on it. In a, in a forty fifty two to twelve game or whatever it was, like they got so destroyed that there, it wasn't a Super Bowl. It was a thanks, it was Thanksgiving. I get it. The other one is. Steve.
0: Just real quick on that, Mark Sanchez had a press conference the other day. I saw it, I saw it. And somebody asked him about the butt fumble. Yeah. What do you think yeah. of that? Are you still embarrassed by it?
1: Yeah.
0: And what? And his response was great.
1: He went right back I, to the guy. I thought he handled it perfectly. He's like, I'm not, handled, I'm not sure what perfectly. you're, I'm not sure what you're alluding to. Like that was great.
0: And then you know, he was just like,
1: I mean, it's kind of low hanging fruit there, right? Like we're gonna, we're gonna go for that today. Whatever. That was
0: two. And then the third one was, I choose to remember the positives. You obviously choose to remember the negatives.
1: Yeah. yeah it was great. It was great. He handled it, he handled it great. Made but guy, I
0: made the guy look like an ass.
1: Yeah. Which he should. I remember, though, saying at the time, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. And I remember you saying, you're out of your mind. <laughs> it's going to be a big deal. The other one I remember was its express conference and being like, I remember saying, yeah, he wasn't – he wasn't – uh uh, uh Uh, smooth in his delivery or any of that jazz, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, why is this going to cost the guy his job? And you were like, because he sounded like a complete idiot and he embarrassed himself in the organization. And I, I, at the time, and again, this is my, part of that is my blind spot for this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a big, not that you're not, but I'm a big benefit of the doubt guy. I don't like when the media oh, yeah. overreacts to that kind of thing. Yep. But the other part of this is, I, I, I just, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes I just miss it. I just miss that it's a big deal. And, um, and, 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 and that press conference, for us, I, I know we've gotten on track here, but the press conference thing has been weighing on me because it's huge. It's huge. It's a huge, it's become a huge part of how we consume these teams. After a game when trots, Gives like a press conference. I'm like, oh, salivate. Oh, I just I can't get enough of it. I'm just I'm eating it like it's a Ritz cracker. <laughs> because he he gives great conference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like you watch Bulls in a press game post game conference, you're like, oh my god, how is how? Oh my god, how does this guy have a job? Yep. And half of what I'm grading him on is that well, he's a terrible football coach, but. Or I should say a terrible head coach in the NFL. He's not a terrible football coach. And what I'm grading him on is that his press conferences are terrible. How can he possibly inspire men? Let's take that to the Jets. Let's go to the Jets. Holy shit. What is happening to the Jets? <laughs> Holy underwear. This season oh I I can't believe how off the rails this was going to be an enjoyable season where they, they flipped the script. They got the quarterback. The giants passed on him. It's a miracle. He's a jet. And Todd Bowles has, has ruined it. He has ruined Christmas. And he's not alone because McCagnan needs to be fired as well. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll get to that. We can get to that in detail, but give me real quick with the jets from, when we did this in June where we were ecstatic.
0: ecstatic. Oh yeah. Yeah, we I mean, they had just gotten Darnold at that point. And I don't think I we we were tempered. You know, we were excited to have him. It wasn't, was, it was playoff know, even a play, yeah, even a playoff season. No, I wasn't expecting a playoff. No, I just no, wanted no, to enjoy not, this. Season. No. No, if things broke right and best case scenario maybe they finished 500. Maybe I'm not right. even expecting that. You know, but let's see some improvement from last year's 5 and 11. Let's see well, a 6 and 10. Let's see a 7 and 9. And let's see a, a young quarterback developing.
1: Let's see an Eagles 2016 Carson Wentz 7 and 9. Give me that.
0: Yeah. that's And that's, I, thought, I think that's what we all thought we were in
1: for. He is. I, I've, I've well, never seen. Well, and then. It, it, I mean, and
0: then. And then <laughs> Week one. Right. The Lions. Right. Like what the hell? That right. first game after the summer, right? And then the first game. What the yep. hell? Like how did we get here? From and there? they were
1: three and three, Cal. They were three and three.
0: They were three and three, but well, you know what? They were And they had one two and... in a row. They were 3 and 3 and they were possibly on the road to what we were hoping for in the summer. Yeah. They weren't 3 and 3 going to the playoffs.
1: They were 3 and 3 going to 7 and 9 8 and 8.
0: Right. They were 3 and 3 but but then it was going to start to play out the way we had hoped. Right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Then what happened? What what the hell happened?
1: I mean, the, the offensive coordinator is, is, is clearly terrible. The coach is, is very, very bad. And I think McCagnon's team building is just exposed. They have no depth. You know, uh, Bilal Powell gets hurt. They have nobody there. The, you know, the uh, Quincy Nunez gets hurt in like week two or three. They have nobody there. Then, uh, you know, the, the Spencer Long, the center that, he, that he, he brought in via free agency, can't freaking snap a shotgun snap. Like, they have no depth on, th- on, on defense. Like Marcus May goes down. Nobody covers up in the secondary of free safety. Like they, they just. It's Tremaine
0: Johnson. He's been a disaster.
1: T- Tremaine Johnson has been a disaster destruct- and then gets hurt. Like it, it, just everything. And also they're just so poorly coached. So poorly coached. And to see a team, to see an ownership with Chris Johnson, who you, you kind of had hope for, like maybe he, it's clear he's not running the team. It's just so clear that, he's, that he's re- he really has no decision-making process or, or, uh, or, or yeah. ability. Because if he did, everything we've seen from that guy would have been – he would have fired Bulls. He would have. It's clear that Woody is still calling shots from, from overseas, and their, their reporting structure is, is just bizarre. And Mike Mcagnan needs to be fired. He's just, su- he's just su- done such a terrible job. Terrible like anybody who is uh, uh, standing up for Mike Mcagnat, I don't get it. I don't. What are you pointing to? Sam Darnold, who fell in his lap because he traded up. To, he had to trade up to get him because he passed on Watson and Mahomes because he had drafted mm-hmm. Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> like that's that, that's it for me. Like that's the, <sighs> that's the chain of events that should get him fired. And he didn't just pass on one quarterback. He passed on two. Mm-hmm. And so what? So Darnold fell into his lap. He lucked out. He didn't think he, he was going really, to get him.
0: What happens if they go 3-13 and 13 and those two quarterbacks play each other in the AFC Championship game this year?
1: Oh, please.
0: And then he comes back.
1: He, 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 he drafted really Christian kiss. Hackenberg in the second round, the second round, and apparently against everyone's wishes. Yep,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: That leads them to not taking a quarterback the next year when Mahomes and Watson are sitting there.
0: Well, and then, you know, to your point of this ridiculous reporting structure that they have, because Bowles and McCagnin are essentially equal in the organization because they they report directly to Woody Johnson, so now McCagnin drafts Hackenberg for the team, and Bowles doesn't have to play him because he was close to play McCagnin.
1: He didn't play him one snap. And like, it turns out, rightfully so. I think, but, the, but the point but is, I, I, it's, just, it's, like, it's, it's the stupid, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. How could the co- the head coach and the general manager both report to the owner separately?
0: It makes oh, no please, sense. And Woody fire, Johnson, did, and Woody Johnson did that because of the issues with Idzik and Rex Ryan.
1: And Rex, right? right.
0: Yes. So he thought that this was going to help. This should so help. This, this, this. Asinine reporting structure is his attempt at helping the situation. Right. He thinks this, this was going to be better.
1: This is how he fixed the process.
0: That tells you all you need to know about how he runs an organization.
1: Yeah. He, all, all he had to do, instead of consulting Charlie Casserly, was hire a freaking GM to hire a coach. Have the general manager hire the head coach. It's not that complex. No. It's not not rocket surgery. It's not rocket surgery, man. It's really not. Like, if the GM hires the head coach, then they're going to be on the same page or one of them is going to go. All the teams are doing it. I mean, and have been for, you know, roughly 100 years. But that's okay.
0: Uh, That's okay because Charlie Casserly is from 101 years ago. That's
1: right.
0: (laughs) He's not up on this new way of doing things in the NFL.
1: Right, he wanted them to draft Sid Luckman. Um, <laughs> that brings us to the Giants, who are equally fascinating. I mean, what's going on with that team is just—I, I, it's just—I
0: can't—I can't figure it out though. Can you put your finger, Like, can you figure out what's happening there? Yeah, the they, yeah, they,
1: they, they, jumped the shark as an organization. They yeah. have Fonzerellied the shark. They have.
0: But in a but,
1: but in a tuxedo. But in a tuxedo, <laughs> in a very classy manner.: No, they have. They've it's jumped the shark tuxedo. as an organization. So there's, they're this pillar of the, of the, the league and, and the fr- you know, and, and they're this classic uh, franchise that does everything the right way and is very buttoned up and blah, and they have completely jumped the shark. And now they're just mm. like everybody else. They're just like everybody else, and in some cases, they're worse.
0: You a know,
1: lot of yeah. The inmates are running the asylum. They haven't made the playoffs in six years. They've had lo- – or well, I shouldn't say that. They made it two years ago, right? So one time in seven years, um, and they lost to the Falcons in that game. That was when they went. They all went on the boat. Uh, they got, you know – Well, they beat, the they're, Fal- they're... they
0: beat the Falcons and then lost to the Packers.
1: Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah,
0: remember they beat the Falcons 24-2? to
1: no, that was, that's not the Odell game. They've only made the playoffs once since they had Odell and he got shut out or, or he didn't have a yeah, good game the, at all.
0: Yeah. It, and that was the second game against the Packers because they went on the boat after the Falcons game.
1: Check it out.
0: I'm going to punch that up. But
1: my point is that, you know, at this point they have a wide receiver sitting down with little Wayne for an interview in Vegas During a season where he's destroying his quarterback on TV. Little
0: Wayne. Lil Wayne. He's sitting with Lil (laughs) Wayne.
1: What is happening? Lil Lil Wayne. Yeah, not Little Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, not Little Wayne. There's no, no, no. He doesn't need the tease. What is happening? (laughs) What is happening? Uh, It's crazy. How is that happening? Okay, so, no, they lost the wild card game. Yeah. McAdoo. That was McAdoo's game. They lost the wild card game.
0: When did they beat the Falcons?
1: That was on the way to the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness! That's a long time ago. 2011. So 2012, wow. nine, a- nine and seven, no playoffs. 2013, seven and nine, six and 10, 6 and 10, 11 and five, and they lost the wild card game. And that was right. they lost the wild card game to the Packers, 38 to 13.
0: Yeah, no, I remember that game. I thought that was part wow. Like I was completing no. the
1: events. Three and thirteen and now they're four and eight this year. Right. So one playoff appearance and one one playoff appearance in one, two, three, four, five, six, and this year would be seven. And they lost in the wild card game thirty eight to thirteen. And and, and it's right. not just that. It's just it's just things like, you know, the Beckham stuff and just it's, it's just bananas. And they, and they, and they drafted Saquon Barkley and he's a wonderful player. He's fantastic, but pretty soon they're going to need a quarterback and they're going to, I yeah. had this conversation with a, with a giant fan that I really, really like not McWalters. I mean, I like him too, but um, uh, just about the idea about No, no, you you know, you take Saquon, blah, blah, blah. You can find a quarterback anywhere. And I'm like, take it from someone who has not had a franchise quarterback in his lifetime. You do not find them. They don't just come around. Eli Manning, for whatever you want to say about him, they don't just come around. They don't. Guys that give you a chance to win on a weekly basis don't just come around. They don't. And, you know, they're going to find out. And now they're winning too many games to take someone high. Because they're going to finish like 7-9. Right,
0: yeah, well, they still have a shot at making the playoffs.
1: They do. It's a pretty outside one, but they do. Um, and, and, and they could. They could entirely make the playoffs this year. Um, but you want to know something? I should, I should say this entirely.
0: Is, this, is an odd, this is an odd thing with Giants fans. Every Giant fan that I've talked to, all three or four of them. I haven't talked to them a lot. So it's admittedly, not a large sample size. This has
1: not been a huge canvassing that you've done, right?
0: No, no, no. This is it's a span of 20 minutes. But three or four Giant fans that I've talked to, all, all say the exact same thing. I, and I asked them at one and seven. You know, I, I stuck a microphone in their face and I asked them one and seven, what do <laughs> you, you went, want to do the rest went, of the season?
1: Billy on the street on them at one and seven. I was wrong answer. I, back.
0: <laughs> I said, it's one and in, one in seven. What do you want? What do you want to do? And they all told me they wanted to win out. At one I, and seven, they all wanted to win out. Nobody wanted to tank the rest of the season to get a better draft. Right. And I thought that was fascinating because yeah. the mindset that as a as a Jets fan or a Mets fan or an Islander fan, you never have. You'd rather right. see your team have a better shot at a draft pick next year. And all these Giants right. fans, they wanted to win out. And even if they finished 8-8, they were fine with it.
1: Right, because they all th- – there's two things that play there. One is the 9-7 and seven run to the Super Bowl, right? So they're all thinking that, like – Nine and seven, eight and eight, you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. We push our chips all in, we're the Giants, we win. Right. The other thing that's at play there is really not thinking ahead. Because you could have the best of both worlds. If you got the first overall pick this year, like this season's you're not gonna win Super Bowl this season. I shouldn't say that. Chances of winning Super Bowl are very slim this season. You take Barkley last year, passing up on the potential franchise quarterback. You're right back there this year to take the franchise quarterback, and you have Barkley. Like that's What's the best case. That's, other- that's the, but that's, that's the best case scenario. Right. So uh, I, it's know, it doesn't work out. Depends. Out like that. There, there are there are two guys that, that that I have heard plenty of people say that are as good as anybody in the draft last year. Now, whether that's true or not or whatever, if they were picking number one overall, Cal, they could take a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? And then you would have the best of both worlds. You'd have Barkley after passing up on Darnold or any of the other guys. And then right. and you'd also get your franchise quarterback back. Like, it would be such a Giants thing to do. It would be like the Patriots or the the Colts, like, having that bad season with Manning and getting luck. Right. You know That's when building in, in two months. And the, the Yankees, the, the 14-month rebuild with the Yankees. It was, it was probably painful. It was probably a really painful 14 months, though. It was probably hard. I mean, that was almost a season and a half where they, where they weren't competitive. Because you remember where that team made a little run. Games. Right, that they team made like full- a little run.
0: Yeah, they didn't even finish below 500.
1: Right, like even the sell-off team made a little run at the wild card. Like, just to make it interesting. Like, they couldn't even sell off the right way. They had to, like, make a little run of the wild card, just make everybody nervous. Uh, All right, so that's the Giants. Again, ridiculously fascinating. The last one we got to go to, and then I got to bail early because uh, somebody has a 7 a.m. hockey game. Ah. Wesley Wesley with the 7 a.m. game. Yeah. Thankfully, it's home, so it's only about 20 minutes away. But, um in the backyard, is, is the Islanders. So when we last left the Islanders, uh, John Tavares was, was still on the team. Um, we talked quite a bit about John Tavares in that episode. We would um, have,
0: yeah, because he would have been days away from making his decision.
1: He was days away from the, the decision. Of course, John Tavares left um, and is dead to us all. Um, and, uh, but the Islanders had also hired Lou Lamarello and Barry Trotz. And I, I, I just want to say this. So, like, you and I were watching that game tonight and kind of texting and stuff, like, while we were watching the game. The team is damn fascinating. It is. Just just when you're ready to be like, what are they doing? They have no idea what they're doing. You know, or or, or not no idea what they're doing. They clearly know what they're doing. But you, you, you just begin to question Trotz or Lamarillo and, like, why are we keeping Letty on the power play? Like, all those things. They turn a 2 nothing deficit into a spirited 3-2 win where they dominate the second and third period. They really did. They hold a one-goal lead, which they never do. The fourth line chips in the go-ahead goal. And they just uh, – they're like, oh, that's what it's right like to be co- uh, coached by a Hall of Fame coach. Oh, there it is. Oh, I see. And they, they stick up for their captain. Like Josh Bailey gets yeah. in a fight you know, because, because Anders Lee took a, took a, a clean hit, but a hard hit. Um, and they, and they, they just stick up for themselves. Barzal plays his one of his best games of the season. Um, it just, I just love them so much. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been this enamored with a coach like coming to since Parcells. This is literally like when Parcells took over the jets in 97.
0: Well, well, if you think about it, who is, who? What other coach has come here since then with the credibility that Barry Trotz has? No one, right? Since Parcells, nobody. Nobody's
1: got this. no 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 other coach comes with a resume like Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz is going to the Hall of Fame, and that's for any any of the teams: Mets, Yankees, and, and Jets, Giants. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Think about it, Coughlin.
0: Coughlin didn't have this kind of success. Joe Torre
1: never no. had this kind of success, nope. right? No, nope. no. You, you, you. you well, he's had a lot of success, Cal. Literally, it, it's literally Parcells. Parcells is the only, the only one, or Pat Riley when he came to the Knicks. That was the other one, right? So when Pat Riley takes over the right, Knicks, right? But
0: Pat Riley's but Pat Riley was before Parcells.
1: No, but I'm saying I'm just I'm just going with that idea of the legendary coach coming to this town and taking over a team and just everything he does is fascinating. And it's gonna take time. The other the other reason the Parcells parallel is so great for me with Tross is that if you remember that ninety seven team, that Jets team, so that was Neil O'Donnell. Right. He inherited Neil O'Donnell. I think he inherited Adrian Morrell. Um, he had Leon Johnson on that team, he had Keyshawn. Right. He had Corbett. Um but you but he didn't have his pieces there yet. Like he brought in Pepper Johnson. He had Abraham at that point, right? Did they no, that was his first draft. His first oh, draft yeah, was right. was Pennington, Abraham, Becht. And there was the four first rounders and Ellis. Right. So that, that, that Jets team, they, they remember they lost on the last day of the season to the lions. Right. To make the playoffs. Right. If they had won, they would have been in the playoffs. They finished they nine would and have seven. The
0: playoffs, right. Yes.
1: Right. They finished nine and seven. I'm punching up that team. Um, and that's what trots with this team. Like, they may not make the playoffs. They will challenge for the playoffs. They will. They will challenge for a playoff spot. They will be there for a wild card. But he doesn't quite have his team there yet. And then the next Yo. year, of course, they make the run to the AFC Championship game. You know, with Testaverde and everything, and, and, and they have their team there. <clears throat> I'm wondering what, what draft that was, though. Because you might be right.
0: No, that was two thousand. It
1: was actually later. that was the two thousand draft, right that, yeah, was that, par- was, that was that was a parcels draft though, and then Groh took over, right yes
0: um.
1: so in 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 ninety nine they finish eight and eight that's when Testaverdi gets hurt on the opening game of the season. he tears his Achilles, and then they Wait, remember they go to Rick Rick Meyer and they go to you know and and, before the, and then they go to Ray Lucas and they win their last four games, but they don't get in.
0: Right. And then that's the off season where he leaves and Belichick takes over and then resigns. So Groh had the 2000 season. So that was his draft.
1: So that was grows draft. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that boy, that's weird. Right. No, he drafts him and I feel like he drafts him and no, cause 2000 is Penny's first year. That's his yeah, first well, year. That that was, yeah. He was eighteenth overall in the two thousand NFL draft. Boy, look at that draft. So right. they took Ellis at thirteen. They right, took Chad. That's how they at 18. I
0: thought they got one of the picks was from New England for Belichick going there. That's right.
1: That's right. They took Becht at twenty seven. And they took mm-hmm. Ellis. Oh Ellis was twelve. Ellis twelve. Abraham thirteen. Chad 18 and Beck 27. Wow. Right. That's right. They had the four first rounders. Who did they me? take in the second that year? Or did they not have a second? They in have. any case. It reminds me, this trot season reminds me a ton of the 97 Jets.: Where well, he's, he's, he's there, and he's, he's definitely he's changed the culture. There's, there's a definite turn on, on who they are and what they're doing. Like, just doesn't have the players there yet. Do you
0: think if they take this team and next season they tweak it a little bit, but what they really do is they add a franchise goaltender to the mix? Like, that's I think move. that. Let's say they signed yeah. Bobrowski from, from Columbus. Right. I think that, yes. Is that the is that the move and now he's got his team next year?
1: Yes. Yeah, because I think they have they have kids in the pipeline that I think they think can play. Um I think you'll see Bellows and I think you'll see, you know, probably Wallstrom next year a little bit and I think you'll see Bodie Wild. I think you'll see Dobson. Like they have a lot of I think you'll see Taze before this year is out. Like they have a lot of pieces in kids. I could also see him though. We'll talk about this another time, but I, I I think you're right. I think it's get the franchise goalie and go to war, um, right? And 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 take that jump and see guys like Komarov or or you know replaced by guys like you know Bellows and and Wallstrom and you know guys you know the, the, the kids come up and, and play a little bit, but um, but it, it feels but the the biggest thing, Kalis he's changed the culture. Holy smokes!
0: Right. And you're gonna have a full year of the culture being changed.
1: Yeah, it's just remarkable the accountability, the um, just the just the the in-game coaching, like watching this guy coaching. It's it's fantastic. It's just I can't get enough of it.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, it's certainly very interesting to watch this team. And in, in years past, it's sort of like by Christmas. You can tell what kind of team they were going to be, and then you're either yeah. in or you're out. But, but now you want to watch every game to see what's going on there. So, yes. And they had a they that's had hundred
1: point. I mean, they had hundred point teams in there. They did. Oh yeah. But yeah. but you just you, you still never felt like they they were good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was still always like, it, 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 you were always missing something. And I think what you were missing is. A guy behind the bench that you felt like you had the advantage. When when have they ever had the advantage in coaching?
0: Not since Al Arbor.
1: Right. They never. Um, You know, he was young and it was it was his first job. But you know, there were nights where where Teddy Nolan was on the bench and you felt like, hey, the Isles have the better coach tonight. You know, not many. Yeah, a
0: little
1: bit. No. (laughs) But nothing like this. Nothing like every night. Pretty much, they have the better coach on the bench.
0: Well, they do because he's the best coach in the NHL.
1: <laughs> I know. I cannot. I can't think of a better
0: coach than him. We did this. I know. We, 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 we talked about it.
1: Yep. It, there's right? maybe three guys that you would take over him. Maybe.
0: Maybe, and I, I don't. I don't think I would even take them over him. I just think there's maybe three guys that are in the
1: conversation with him. Right. And after watching him like so far in twenty eight games, I'm like, I'm not sure I'm taking those three guys <laughs> You know. Whoa. Whoa, he's it's pretty just, he's great. It's, it's been pretty remarkable. Um well we'll 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 have a lot to talk about with uh with Coach Shot. Yeah. Boy they, uh, boy, I, I wanted that game tonight. Oh boy. Oh doctor Yeah,
0: that was a little chippy old time hockey game.
1: That was old time a couple of fights. The boys were like, Whoa, is that blood? <laughs> like at one point Wesley goes, Is that is that blood, Daddy? Is Anders Lee bleeding? I'm like he is, buddy. I was like, yep. he'll be back. He's a hockey player. He's a hockey player. I <laughs> can't. Yeah, yeah, I told and, you. And- I, I I texted you. I can't get enough of Sean Bates on that little special about the coliseum. Here. <laughs> here I am taking a penalty shot. I can't believe I just scored on a penalty shot in the playoffs. <laughs> We're talking about that. They're doing this like Matt Damon. Thing on, it's 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 Matt Damon in Miracle. <laughs> like,
0: right, right. <laughs>
1: uh, listen, Harb, oh, I can't it. believe I just scored on a penalty shot in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me?
0: I just really, really quickly on tonight's game. I just I wanted to find yeah. out how you explained to the boys when Johnny Boychuk just beat the ever loving crap out of that <laughs> guy.
1: They were watching that fight (laughs) Slack-jawed Like they were like
0: Oh man Because you
1: don't see it that much
0: in hockey anymore You
1: don't see uh, As one-sided of a fight As that And also It was the second fight When they saw Bailey fighting, And they didn't know what to do with themselves Because Josh Josh Bailey was fighting And Wesley was like Is that Josh Bailey? <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> what, what the hell is Josh Bailey doing? Um, and then the the boy Chuck one, and they didn't show it right away, because they were they were focused on Nelson, because no. Nelson no. was getting. And then when uh, they finally showed up.
0: them, they were when they showed, but then when they showed it, they were like square at all.
1: They were like dancing, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then Josh, so how do you explain that to Chuck, them? I basically just said, I said, this is, I said, this is a game where things are. What they call chippy, I said. And the teams really don't like each other because of that that hit on Anders Lee, that the Islanders felt was was a little high. I said. And sometimes games get like this, you know. <laughs> and so they they they're playing hockey as we're watching the game, of course.
0: Do they start beating each other up?
1: <laughs> so they started. So I hear I, <laughs> I step out of the player for a minute. And I hear. Let's do one with a fight.
0: I'm like, oh no. <laughs>
1: I go in there, like Casey's like on top of Wes. Like let's let's do one with a fight. yeah, oh, shoot. Um, but they they you know they they uh, they they were a little taken aback by the blood with with Anders Lee. Yeah. Um, and then when they saw him come back in the game, Wesley's like he's back. I'm like yeah. Well, they gave him some stitches. He's like I want to see the stitches. And uh, you know, oh. stitched up his lip and, and sent him back out there. But I mean, that was an old time. That those are the kind of games we used to watch.
0: Oh yeah, that was every night. Yeah,
1: that was old time Patrick Division hockey. That was oofah. Uh. It was, good. It was good. good. great win. Just every time you're ready to like just abandon, sh- I I texted you. I said they're going to lose this game because Grice just oh, yeah. looked awful and they just they just didn't have any jump and blah blah blah. But that hit turned the whole game around because they were a different yep. team after that hit. Well, I told you, Anders Lee. That's the guy. All right. So next time okay. we do the show, we got every we got the we got everything reset.
0: That's a reset.
1: That's what we did. N- next week when we do it, now we can just jump right in. I agree. Let's do that. All right. Better, we
0: can we could pick a topic next week and just focus on that.
1: We could just focus on Brody Van Wagenen's hair.
0: Or his eyes. His oh,
1: his he's, he's, he's so dreamy. He's so dreamy. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he's beautiful. <laughs> he's beautiful. Cal, final unload. Oh,
0: my final unload is the winter meeting starts tomorrow, and I have no—I have not been as excited for the winter meetings in about I don't know four or five years. I think the mess are gonna active. I think they're not done with rebuilding this team, and after watching the three of them, Mickey Callaway, Bertie Van Wagenen, and Jeff Wopon sit down with Mike Francesa this week for 90 minutes straight, I signed up for my season tickets, and I renewed my tickets right away. So, good they job, man. It worked. They got me. <laughs> I'm back.
1: My final unload is uh, I-, I gotta go with the Islanders just because uh, I, I think that it, just watching this, just to finish up what we were just saying before, watching a coach, you know, culture change gets talked about all the time. Like every team loves to say it. You know, the Mets right now, there's a culture change. We're going to change the culture. We're going to change the culture. Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz have come in and changed the culture of the team. And you can see it. It's palpable it is noticeable in interviews. It's noticeable when the players speak. It's noticeable when he speaks. It's noticeable in their play on the ice. It's, it's pretty fascinating to actually see it in practice because every coach says it, every GM says it, and, like, two of them have done it. So, oh, and also fire Todd Bowles. If they get waxed tomorrow, fire Todd Bowles. Please, please fire Todd Bowles and also Jamal Adams pipe down. We got it, buddy. You're a great leader. We, we got it. Oh, oh. Don't, don't get me started. Just, just, just go out and play, buddy. Just go out and play. I love you, pal. It's enough. Uh, all right. We will uh, talk to you next time on ready to Love with Cal and St. Pete. Thanks so much for joining us for my partner, Brian Calniva, Capino Caliente. I'm Steve San Pietro. We'll see you next week. Bye Cal. Good night, Steve. Good night, I said. Tony, oh, Tony. Oh, no. Oh, Tony, don't. Do you like tuna? <laughs> step off, Jeff. <laughs> I'm waiting for Van Wagenen to say, step off, <laughs> Jeff. Oh, oh, Brody, no. Oh, Brody. <laughs> step off, Jeff. <sighs> Good night, buddy.
0: Bye.